Hello and welcome back to Equity, the TechCrunch podcast, where we unpack the numbers and the nuance behind the headlines. It is October 10th, 2022, and yes, this is Alex. Happy Monday. Welcome to the week. I am in panic mode, more or less, because I'm packing for Disrupt, which is next week. I'm flying to Oregon a little bit early before I head down to the Bay Area. But wow, we're finally here. We're going to kick off. It's going to happen. And uh, there's a lot of news about equity. So we're going to put that at the very end of the show. But if you want to know what is going on next week with the pod, stay tuned. And I think you can still use the code equity to save money on tickets if you need to. Otherwise, we'll see you there. And now let's talk about the stock market. Taking a look at the world of money, we're going to start with the stock market. Shares are down sharply in Asia today, especially on the Hong Seng Index. Shares are mixed in Europe, where Russia continues to shell Ukraine, causing, you may have heard about it, a little bit of geopolitical tension. And here in the US, shares are set to open lower, but nothing too painful. Of course, when the stock market actually does open here, that can change, so do keep your eyes peeled. And it's too early for earnings, but as we're in the second week of the fourth quarter, we are very nearly ready for that data dump. I'm hoping everyone holds off until after Disrupt, so I can kind of, you know, focus on what happens, but we shall learn about Q3 very soon. And then turning to the world of decentralized money, what's going on in crypto? Well, not much to report. Bitcoin is still worth about $19,000. ETH, the Ethereum token, is worth around $1,300. And the only real price movement that I could find of note was a 17% jump in the value of XRP over the last week. But not all the news is boring. Not all the news is bad. The block reported that, quote, September's exchange trading volume jumped to $733 billion, or a 16% month-over-month increase. That's not bad news for the world of crypto. Yes, we are still in a winter period, but there are perhaps the very first hints of spring somewhere off on the horizon. Next up, we are talking about startups. I have two for you this morning, the first of which is called Clerkenwell Health. Now, what does it do? TechCrunch calls it a, quote, psychedelic specialist clinical research organization. Perhaps the coolest startup tagline we've ever heard. What is the news? Well, the company just raised $2.1 million in seed funding, bringing its total capital raised to date to £2.5 million, or as we say in America, after some forex changes, $2.5 million. I kid. What's going on with the company? Well, TechCrunch reports that a new clinical trial powered by Clerkenwell and a Canadian life sciences company will be executed to, quote, assess the efficacy and safety of psilocybin-assisted psychotherapy versus psychotherapy alone for the treatment of adjustment disorder due to an incurable cancer diagnosis. Essentially asking, does psilocybin have a therapeutic effect on people when they are facing the end of their life versus just psychotherapy alone? So why do we care? Well, more drugs are getting tested for all sorts of things, which is good. It's also good to see capital flow into projects like this as it indicates that there's actually still some venture capital out there instead of, you know, just private market cash looking for risk and growth adjusted gains and growth stage software investing. This is actually risky bets. I'm here for it. And next up, we have Trendsy, T-R-E-N-D-S-I, if you want to look it up. What does this startup do? Well, according to TechCrunch, it wants to, quote, give sellers greater visibility over product demand so they can work more informed production decisions. What does it do? Well, according to TechCrunch reporting, the company wants to give sellers greater visibility over product demand so they can make more informed production decisions. Uh, what does that mean? Well, in practice, Trinzi, quote, connects sellers with suppliers while managing the back-end supply chain for its customer base to prevent what we're calling inventory waste effectively. 
So why is the company in the news? Well, Trinsley just raised a $25 million Series A and now has about $30 million in the bank. And notably, the company is framing this work around, and I'm going to quote the co-founder Ella Zhang here, quote, lowering the barrier for anyone to start selling online or offline. And she also added that her company is going to, quote, allow influencers, creators, and more to sell via social networks without worrying about sourcing products, managing warehouses, packaging, and shipping. Why do we care about that? Because it almost seems off-trend to hear about creator economy and e-commerce-focused startups today. It feels like that was a thing we were talking about last year when everyone was still at home and e-commerce was exploding. And yet, with a $25 million Series A, Trinzi is obviously on to something. So I love to see a counter-narrative thing. I love to see a huge, healthy Series A in a down market. I'm here for it. Got a couple of quick hits for you this morning. The first one involves two people you may have heard of, Elon Musk and Kanye West. Don't worry, guys. This actually really matters. Okay, to summarize, Kanye West's Instagram account was restricted after what TechCrunch describes as, quote, repeated policy violations over anti-Semitic content. Then Ye, as the artist goes by today, went on Twitter for the first time in a while to complain about the situation, sharing a pic of him with Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg. What happened next? Well, TechCrunch writes that, quote, Future Twitter owner Elon Musk quickly swept in to welcome West back to the platform in spite of the troubled artist's very recent expressions of anti-Semitism. And then what happened? You guessed it. TechCrunch writes that West appears to have interpreted Musk's warm welcome as a green light, elaborating on his anti-Semitic conspiracies in a tweet only 12 hours later. What happened next? Ah, you guessed it. TechCrunch writes that, quote, in spite of Musk's stamp of approval, Twitter removed the tweet, which invoked anti-Jewish stereotypes often espoused by white supremacists and locked West's account, quote, due to a violation of Twitter's policies. Okay, so when Musk does eventually, finally, probably, possibly, maybe own Twitter, he's going to have a choice to make, to keep the platform's rules or to gut them. And if so, it appears that we have early indication of the sort of content that may not appear to bother him when it comes from someone else. I read through all of Musk's tweets that came out since that one, and I have nothing really to add when it comes to context. This is kind of what we have on the situation. Anyways, reading Elon's tweets is one way to go about waking up on a Monday morning. Next up, Tizen. I keep forgetting about Tizen, and I think you might as well. So let me tell you about what it is. According to TechCrunch, Tizen is a, quote, Linux-based OS hosted by the Linux Foundation for more than a decade, though Samsung has been the primary developer and driving force behind the project, and it actually originally used Tizen across a number of devices, including smartwatches, kitchen appliances, cameras, smartphones, and TVs. Now, why do we care? And again, I quote from TechCrunch, Samsung has confirmed the first third-party smart TV makers to ship with its Tizen OS, with several manufacturers preparing to launch Tizen-powered TVs this year across Europe and Australasia. Now, I have no beef with Linux. Folks that I love use it, but Tizen. Per TechCrunch, Samsung has, quote, essentially abandoned Tizen in smartphones and smartwatches. TVs have remained fertile ground for the OS to flourish, however, chiefly due to the fact that Samsung is the biggest selling TV maker globally. And after giving up on smartphones and giving up on smartwatches, Tizen's market share is actually edging up towards where Android TV and Roku are. Huh. I thought that Tizen was going to be Samsung's fetch, but it appears to be far less dead than I anticipated. Sure, Tizen is restricted to TVs today, the kind of worst piece of consumer content hardware out there, but all the same, fair play to Samsung for not giving up. We really could use a third mobile OS, though. I guess, bring back Tizen? And then there was PayPal. 
Apparently, the company has backtracked after some brouhaha about potential fines for spreading, quote, misinformation. Every single person out there is allowing this situation to inform their priors. Crypto fans are saying, ah, see, centralization is bad. The anti-woke people are annoyed that a company they founded has terms of service. Anyways, it's a big mess. I'm not entirely sure what happened yet, but if you see notes about that, essentially, uh, a large company wanted to control its platform. News at 11. Wrapping up this show, it is going on the road. I am flying to Oregon tonight and then San Francisco later in the week to get ready for Disrupt. So regular service over the next couple of days. However, next week, Equity Monday will be out a little bit later than usual because we'll be on Pacific time and not Eastern time. That's going to be a trip. And then we're recording live at Disrupt on Tuesday morning, which is going to be an absolute blast. That episode will be out on your podcast apps on Wednesday. And then there's the Friday app. We are still figuring that out, so stay tuned. It'll depend a little bit on schedules and who gets sick and so forth, but we'll have something for you. Don't worry. It's going to be a blast. All right, that's the show. Don't forget, you can use the code equity to save money on Disrupt Tickets and I think also TechCrunch Plus access. You can follow the show on Twitter where we tweet under the handle EquityPod. You can follow me on Twitter. I tweet under the handle Alex. We'll talk to you soon. Hugs and let's do a conference. Equity Mondays are hosted by myself, Editor-in-Chief of TechCrunch Plus, Alex Wilhelm. We're produced by Teresa Locansolo with editing by Kel Keller. Bryce Durbin is our illustrator, Alyssa Stringer leads audience development, and Henry Pickovet manages TechCrunch audio products. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll be back next week.